When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? It's Orlando with the KGW 3-on-3 Blazers podcast. Here's a sample of what's ahead. Rip City officially in playoff mode. The Portland Trail Blazers take on the Denver Nuggets in round one. We'll break down the matchup. Four keys to the series and, of course, our predictions. And don't forget about Rip It, baby. Let's start the show. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers, joined as always by Jared Cowley and Max Barr. Thank you so much to everyone who continues to rock with the podcast, subscribe, leaving those positive reviews, and just ultimately supporting us. We appreciate you on this ride to the postseason. Guys, we have made it. The Portland Trail Blazers are into the playoffs. Jared, Max, it's been quite the the ride throughout the season but here we are the Blazers the sixth seed the Denver Nuggets the three seed and we've got a lot to get to so guys let's let's dive right into the podcast you know how we roll three questions three answers because there are three of us question number one the Blazers and Nuggets tip off their first round series on Saturday night how do these teams match up against each other? And what are your keys to the series? Well, I wanted to start off by talking about what these two teams have done over the past month or so. And I think if you look back at the entire season, that doesn't really tell you as much as what these teams have done recently because the Nuggets lost Jamal Murray about a month ago. So they have played the past you know, 18 games of the regular season without their second best player. And because the Blazers are a much different team now than they were early in the season because of the injuries that they had earlier in the season. So I want to look at what the Nuggets have done since Jamal Murray got injured, look at what the Blazers have done during that same exact time frame, and then also look at what the Blazers did the past the, the final 12 games of the regular season just to see how these teams match up. First off, we have to just acknowledge that the Nuggets are very good. They're definitely banged up. There's no denying that. The loss of Murray can't be understated. He is their second best player. But what they've done since his injury has been very impressive. Since April 14th, when he got hurt, the Nuggets finished the season, the final 18 games, 13-5. and That's the third most wins in the NBA during that stretch. And during those 18 games, they played tough opponents too. And 11 of their 18 games were against teams with records of 500 or better. So it's not like they were just feasting on an easy schedule. And that makes that 13-5 and five record and all the analytics behind it pop just a little bit more, knowing they accomplished it, one, without Murray, and two, against good teams. To show how close I think this series is going to be, I want to look at what the Nuggets did since Murray got hurt and compare it to what the Blazers have done in the same time frame. Because Portland played well down the stretch, too, and they also did it against tough competition. If you remember, 11 of the Nuggets' final 18 games were against teams 500 or better. Portland played 12 of their final 18 against teams 500 or better. If you remember, the Nuggets won 13 of their final 18, 
the third most wins during that stretch. The Blazers went 11-7 and seven in their final 18, the fourth most wins during that time frame. So let's break down the analytics. All of this data, remember, is from the final 18 games of the season for both teams. The Nuggets offensive rating ranked eighth in the NBA during that stretch. The Blazers offensive rating ranked first. The Nuggets defensive rating ranked ninth. So the Nuggets top 10 in offense and defense. The Blazers defensive rating ranked 19th. The Nuggets net rating was plus five. That ranked seventh. The Blazers net rating was plus 7.6, which ranked third. At home, the Nuggets were dominant, seven and one. At home, uh, on the road, they were six and four. At home, the Blazers were only okay. Four wins, four losses. On the road, they were awesome, seven and three on the road. And if you remember, that's where the Blazers really turned it around, on the road. Specifically, that six-game road trip late in the season when Portland went five and one. So I also want to look at what Portland did from that road trip to the end of the season since April 27th, 12 games to close out the season. The Blazers went 10-2 and two in their final 12 games. That was the most wins in the NBA during that stretch. The offensive rating for the Blazers ranked first, and it was even better than their top-ranked offensive rating from before. Their defensive rating, that's the biggest difference, ranked 12th, nearly a top-10 defense in the final 12 games of the season, and their net rating was plus 13, which ranked first in the NBA. At home, and it's interesting, we talked about this, you know, before, this all coincided with fans getting back into the Moda Center. The Blazers finished 4-0 at home, and on the road, they finished the season 6-2. Their offensive rating, defensive rating, and net rating were almost identical whether they were playing at home or on the road. So basically, they had the best offense in the NBA, a near top 10 defense, and the best net rating in the NBA in the final 12 games of the season. And this was against really good competition. Nine of their final 12 games were against teams with records of 500 or better. So the Blazers were really good in the final month of the season, like we talked about, and they were dominant in the final two weeks. Will that carry over to the playoffs? I don't know. We want to go now to talk about what we've decided are our four keys for a Blazers victory in this series, what the Blazers need to do if they want to win this first round series against the Nuggets. And to do that, we're going to turn it over to Max. That's good stuff, Jared. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Both these teams are battle-tested, both highly experienced in the postseason. So what are the keys to a Blazers win in the series? Key number one, Lillard and McCollum have to be great, and Powell has to be ready to make Denver pay. So the backcourt is obviously where the Blazers have an advantage in the series. Denver is likely going to be starting Facundo Campazzo and Austin Rivers. We've learned Will Barton is planning on returning at some point in the series from his hamstring injury, but I expect him to be pretty limited. P.J. Dozier also recovering from a groin injury. He's a good role player off their bench, but he's without a timetable to return. That doesn't mean he's not going to return at some point in this series, but if he's not ready to go, Shaq Harrison is going to get more minutes for Denver. Now, Campazzo has given Lillard trouble this season. He's a really physical defender. Uh, I think it's important for Lillard not to get caught up in demanding calls and complaining to the referees. Yeah. Sometimes he does that um, a little too often, in my opinion, and their defense suffers because of it. And if Denver decides to blitz Lillard with two defenders off of the pick and roll, he needs to take what the defense gives him, Guys like CJ and Norman Powell have to be ready to shoot. 
And I think Yusuf Nurkic has to be ready to give Lillard a big target in the middle of the floor and either kick it to the corner for a three or aggressively attack the basket and throw it down. And finally, I think Powell is going to have a lot of opportunities to shoot his specialty, which is the corner three. He's among the league's best at that, and he's got to make them. I think the good news is Lillard, McCollum, and Powell have all been playing great to end the season. Uh, in those final 12 games, Lillard averaged more than 30 points a game, shot 54% from the field and 48% from three. CJ averaged almost 23 points. He shot 50% from the field and 46% from three. And Norman Powell averaged almost 17 points, shot 44% from the field and almost 41% from three. And as to what Max said about Norman Powell needing to be ready, I think he will be. He's a career 38% shooter from three in the playoffs, and he's had some really big moments in the playoffs with the Raptors. In five first-round series with Toronto, he shot 44% from three. The guy has a nickname in the playoffs, Playoff Powell, because he's the kind of guy who steps up consistently in the postseason. And when the Nuggets blitz and trap Dame, which they definitely will, and the ball ends up swinging to Powell many times in the corner, he's going to be ready. He's shooting 46% from three on corner threes this year. That's awesome. Lillard hasn't had a player like Powell as a third or fourth option to help him when teams focus their defense on Dame in the playoffs ever. Now he not only has McCollum, he also has a healthy use of Nurkic like Max talked about, and he has Norman Powell who can spot up in the corner, make those corner threes, or he can beat guys off the dribble, get to the rim, and really put pressure on the defense. So the Blazers' offense is better positioned now to succeed in the playoffs than they have been since LaMarcus Aldridge left. Guys, I'm just going to add a little, a little more seasoning to your guys' points because I agree with, with these keys to, to the game. Um, first, Max, you had mentioned uh, injuries. Coach Malone just had a press conference today, uh, probably about an hour or two before we did this podcast. So still pretty fresh and was able to give an update on, on Will Barton, who he says is close to returning, that he participated in parts of practice but he's just not there yet. And on the team's injury report that they send out, that they share with the media, he's listed as out for game one. So it feels like he will be back at some point during this series. It's just how long will it be? Whereas P.J. Dozier, um, Coach Malone said, is more serious. And he didn't rule out him, you know, not being in this series, but it seems like he's got a further way to go to be back or to be a factor in this series. So by all accounts, it looks like, you know, they'll be without Barton and Dozier for at least game one in what is going to be a super close game. Odds makers have it as, a, you know, the Nuggets as a, a one-point favorite by, by most Vegas sites. So that just lets you know, like, how close most anticipate uh, this series to be. And you guys talked about Damian Lillard and, and obviously how important he is. And, you know, he takes the Blazers as far as he can go, basically. He's, he's the man. Uh, and without him, they don't go anywhere. And so it was really interesting in the Blazers media availability uh, on Wednesday and hearing him talk. And he had, it was towards the end of, of you know, his 10 minute or so um, talk with us. And he had said how much he's feeling better just getting this extra amount of time to rest rather than be in that play in, you know, the intensity that comes along with it. It was fun to see 
you know, Nurkic joke about it and CJ joke about not having to play in that game because they know that feeling of being in that game and how much more fun it is to actually watch it. And it was an entertaining game, man, that, that came down to the wire with two teams that just went head to head and like one of the funner games of the season. And so that was super dope to, to see that play in game play out that way. But for the Blazers, this was such a benefit because they just get that much more time to rest. And hearing Damian Lillard saying, normally at this time, I'm limping into the playoffs like more more and more times I've been at a place where I'm really banged up and now obviously every player has nagging things but you can just sense a bit of I don't know refreshedness coming from Dame like I think that's going to be huge for for this team and knowing that all of these traps and blitzes are coming his way that he's going to have that extra burst if he needs to try and break free from these double teams and create and hit those, those options, that's going to be big. So um, I think that's a huge, huge sign up in the, in a positive direction for the trailblazers is that Dame is feeling good. Um, and then the, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was something that, that we talked about with the, uh, the Suns game and, and most of the big games down the stretch and that you guys have touched on and it's three point shooting. It's been the way that this team lives and dies. And if they can hit at that 42% clip or above, they're going to have a great shot at, at winning this game. If they can knock down those, you know, that, that extra pass to the corner for where Powell has been money, you know, uh, it, Carmelo Anthony is going to be huge in hitting those threes. Like that, the three ball is going to be big. And then the last thing that I'll add to your guys' points is something that coach Malone brought up. And that is the Blazers ability to crash the boards specifically on the offensive and the second chance opportunities will be big. We know how great Ennis Cantor is in his role um, and just gobbling up rebounds, second chance opportunities, as well as Yusuf Nurkic. He po uh, Coach Malone pointed those two out directly that the possession isn't over until we secure it. Just because they miss a shot doesn't mean that we're in the clear. So that's going to be an interesting angle to follow. You know, we know how important Yusuf Nurkic is to the offense. We know how important he is defensively. That boost that he's brought to this team and that success that you've mentioned, Jared, and how good they've been, a lot of it has to do with Yusuf Nurkic being back. So there's all of these little intricacies within this uh, matchup that makes it so, so much fun. And we're going to be splitting hairs game after game because it's such an evenly matched series. And I've, I've been reading a lot of the national, you know, folks and what they're saying. And like Yahoo Sports said, this has the potential to be the most competitive series of all of the first round matchups. So that gets me really excited. I know that for Rip City and for Blazers fans, it also comes with a lot of anxiety because you know how these games are. You're constantly on the edge of your seat and, you know, you're having those flashbacks of two years ago when this team matched up and it going the seven game series, having the quadruple overtime and seeing CJ just rise to the occasion in game seven to win, you know, games on the road in Denver at altitude where it has just been so tough to win games. And so the team even, you know, posting pictures of them getting on the airplane already today for a game on Saturday shows you that they want to get as acclimated as possible to that altitude just to get used to it. Because, you know, I always thought it was intriguing even when uh, we were traveling to cover these games and I was with the team um, in Denver and we were making that flight back and forth, Portland, Denver, Portland, Denver. Um, it was really interesting to see somebody like Dame who, you know, obviously 
going to college in Utah and, and just being in the mountains and, you know, seeing that, that altitude and him admittedly saying, like, it hits you. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's there and it's a factor and you have to fight through it. And so it's not always, you know, that first five minutes of a game. It could happen in the third quarter. It could happen in the fourth quarter. We're out of nowhere. Like, why do I, why do I feel so tired? Like, Melo joked about it in uh, yesterday's press room being like, I'm, we're, we're in shape. Like, we're basketball players. This is what we do. But also, like, he, the way he said it, there was kind of like this reservation where he thought about it. Like, okay there is something to be said about playing at altitude. So well, of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he knows firsthand and, and he even said like just how much of a special place Denver is for all of those reasons, but he's lived it. He's played it. So, <laughs> just adding a little, a little flavor to your, to your guys's um, points because I think they're spot on. Oh man, that was a lot of flavor. <laughs> uh, and your, and your uh, use of Nurkic, point leads perfectly into our second key to the series but first I want to we kind of glossed over something Jared brought up earlier do we know if Powell got the nickname playoff Powell before Paul George anointed himself playoff P <laughs> do, do we know which of those came first we need to we need to get the uh, the I team on that I don't know I'd have to go back and look and see when playoff Powell came into existence the proof is in the pudding, though. That's all I'm. All right, say somebody, somebody, research that. Tweet at us, please. We need to, we need to get to the bottom of that. Uh, key number two: defending Jokic one on one. So, I mean, he's going to be the MVP. He's a phenomenal basketball player, and Yusuf Nurkic is not going to shut Jokic down. But he's got to make it tough for him to score, and most importantly, he's got to guard him one on one. Because if you double-team Jokic, he will always make you pay for it. He makes great decisions every time, makes great passes. He's one of the best passers ever. Just forget about one of the best passing big men. He's one of the best passers. And he always gets good open shots for his teammates. So if you guard him with one person, the goal is to limit those easy baskets for the Nuggets role players. If Nurkic gets in foul trouble and Cantor is forced into more minutes, I think that's really going to hurt the Blazers. There's no doubt Cantor played really well and fought through injury in that seven-game series a couple years ago. But I think this version of Jokic is much better, and we saw what he can do against Cantor earlier this season, back on February the 23rd, 41 points on 53% shooting. So I think the Blazers are going to be better off by choosing to make Jokic beat them as a scorer and not as a playmaker. The Blazers definitely don't want guys like Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon to get easy shots from Jokic's passing. Yeah, I agree 100%. You, you cannot, you cannot double-team Jokic because what that does is that makes him multidimensional, which is, you know, that's why he's so good. You know, he can get out there and, and get his points, but when he is making the game so much easier for his less talented teammates, that's when you get in trouble. That's what really unlocks Denver's offense. So by having Yusuf Nurkic, who I think because he has the quickness, he has the strength to be able to play Jokic straight up, his availability in the series is key. He has to stay healthy. He has to stay out of foul trouble. He has to you know, keep his emotions in check. He can't 
you know, he, he has to just play smart, uh, intelligent basketball and not make mistakes that will take him off the court. Um, if you see what Jokic did when Nurkic was in these games, in the final two games of, you know, the Blazers and Nuggets played in the regular season, in the second game, Jokic still had 25 points. He still shot 50% from the field, but he really had to work for those 25 points. He shot one of six from three. I mean, you could just see it when you were watching the game that Nurkic bothered him. You know, Nurkic's physicality, his strength, his toughness, it, it did bother Jokic. And in the final game, Jokic was, was good. He only played the first half. He, he put up 21 points, but he missed all three of his three-pointers. He shot 9 of 17 from the field. And what that shows is, you know, it's not like Nurkic can stop him, like Max said, but he can guard him better, better than any other center on the Blazers roster and better than a lot of centers in the NBA because of, of the, you know, physical qualities that Nurkic has. And so by doing that, by, by guarding him one-on-one, -on -one, it lets the rest of the Blazers defenders focus on their assignments and not get lost in these rotations that, you know, that Jokic can take advantage of as, as such a skilled passer. So defending one-on-one -on -one is, is, you know, so important and Nurk is the key to that. Yep. 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 <laughs> like, you know, that, that meme, the, uh, for, from, the last dance with, with Michael Jordan where he's sitting on the chair and he says, and I took that personally. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that's the Yusuf Nurkic that we see for the trailblazers. He said all the, all the right things in, in saying that if Dame isn't the MVP, I think Jokic should be the MVP. He said, you know, really complimentary stuff about, about him and the nuggets. But when he gets out on the court, I want to see a dog. Like I want to see, <laughs> I want to see somebody who took it personally, um, you know, that this team still trade, that they traded him, that they didn't want him. Uh, this, he has such an important role in, in this game, in this series, in having to defend the MVP. And if he gets that 28 points, I think Blazers fan, the Blazers will be happy. It's the other stuff that comes along. Does he pull down, you know, 15 rebounds? Does he have 15 assists? D does he have a triple-double? That's where the Joker is going to kill you. And I love the way that, that people have described Jokic as being this savant, like just super smart, high IQ player, the best out of the post. His, his decision-making is so good. Um, and he's the best player out of the double team. He's so good. If you decide to bring two players, it's the worst decision you could make. And that's what makes him an MVP is because he's elevated the guys around him to another level where, you know, most teams that lose a guy like Murray, you automatically assume they're done. Like you saw their, their odds to make it to the Western Conference Finals, their, their odds to make it to the NBA Finals just took a dump. Like they, they were out of the, the mix. And so what Jokic has been able to do and get these other guys involved, regardless of who it's been out there, has been unique. And um, they're making teams pay by that stretch run that, that Jared has mentioned where they were able to weather the storm, which is incredible within itself to ask a team to do that, to lose your second best player who, you know, dropped 50 in playoff series, in playoff games. Uh, like 
that dude, Murray is such a baller. So, um, yeah, this comes down to what Yusuf can do to just slow down Jokic. What can he do? But that's going to be, I agree, just such a, a key to this game. And yeah, and I think tough. that was – Go ahead, Max. Oh, go. I was just going to say, I think that was the game plan in that game I referenced when Jokic had 41 on Ennis Cantor. I don't remember them sending double teams really in that game. It was just kind of a, okay, Ennis, let's see, you know, try to slow him down. It didn't work out well at all. But I think, I think the Blazers are well aware, like, we can't, we can't double team this guy. That's just going to make things worse for us. Yeah, Nurkic has to be able to play him as, as physical as possible, um, but somehow stay out of foul trouble. And that's going to be really hard. I mean, in the playoffs, sometimes they let it go, but sometimes they call it really close. And, you know, that's the one way you can kind of get under Jokic's skin and kind of get him frustrated is with really physical play. But Nurkic has to be able to just toe that line of playing as physical as possible, but somehow not getting called for fouls because, you know, he can't get into foul trouble and, and go to the bench. And it's, so that's going to be a tough one. I mean, that's a key to the Blazers winning the series, but it's, it's not easy. It's not, not going to be easy at all. And the way that we've mentioned uh, Nurkic losing his cool and, you know, getting called for technical foul, stuff like that, where he gets frustrated. Uh, Jokic gets frustrated when he doesn't get calls. Like he gets mad. It, it takes over his game and impacts his game too. So that is such a fine line that, that uh, Yusuf Nurkic will have to walk. But, yeah, definitely trying to bully him, try, uh, trying to make things difficult from a physical standpoint uh, will help his case as, as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, man. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that matchup. All right, guys, our third key to the series, the Blazers bench has got to keep them in the game. If Stotts is going to stick with that eight-man rotation that we've seen recently, Carmelo Anthony, Ennis Cantor, and Anthony Simons off the bench, they need to score points because we know, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, we know they're not good defensively. Cantor has an elite skill, and that's offensive rebounding. He's got to continue to be elite, and he's got to give that bench unit extra chances to score. CJ is going to be out there, too, in all likelihood. So the more chances you can give CJ or Anthony Simons or Carmelo Anthony the ball in their hands, uh, the better the chance Blazers can stick stick in the game when Lillard is on the bench. They just got to consistently avoid losing during those minutes when Lillard is off the floor. And if they can do that consistently, they've got a chance to win multiple games in this series. Yeah, one of the good things about the trade for Norman Powell is it allowed the Blazers to almost always have two of Lillard, McCollum, or Powell on the floor at all times. And that really helps the bench units. Portland's bench has actually been really good since Stotts went to that eight-man rotation with Carmelo Anthony, Ennis Cantor, and Anthony Simons as the three bench players. Since April 14th, Carmelo's been a high-volume, high-efficiency scorer. Almost 14 points a game, 45% from the field, 49% from three. Simons has scored eight points per game and shot the ball well, too, 46% from the field and 45% from three. And Cantor has been an efficient post scorer, 8.6 points, 59% shooting, and a good rebounder, almost nine rebounds, including almost three offensive rebounds per game. So we know they're not going to defend particularly well, but it's like Stott said earlier in the season, with those players with the bench, it's about the net score when they're on the court. And here's the good news. Since April 14th, 
that three-man lineup has a net rating of plus 15.9. The offense has been dominant, 129.7 offensive rating, more than enough to make up for what is just a mediocre defensive rating of about 114. You mix those three with the right combination of two starters, and you can put a lineup out there that can hold serve when the starting lineup isn't on the court. I was I was laughing uh, thinking about about just how far that that bench unit has come. Like it was they were they were garbage in the uh, uh, second <laughs> quarters. Like when Dame when Dame went to the bench, it was like oh like how bad how bad is this going to get? Because that defense was just horrible. Like it was so bad, and to see how big of a threat they've become down the stretch has really been, you know, all I can do is, is laugh because it's been just this epic turnaround. And, you know, Anthony Simons has, has found that role as, as being like the spot up three point um, shooter that, that is deadly. Um, we all know what, what Ennis is capable of and there have been way more better mellows than there have been bad. And that offense has just been so elite. Like they're basically saying our, our best defense is our offense. Like you can't keep up. We're going to get buckets, and it's going to happen more often than not. And so I think this, this bench, you know, th these three guys specifically, uh, will determine the outcome of, of a game or two. Like, I think they're that important to what the Blazers are doing. And in those moments when Dame goes to the bench, these guys have to deliver and they have to hit shots. And I, th I think they're ready. I think that, you know, Melo is going – this is going to be a big series for, for Carmelo Anthony, one way or the other. Um, I think that he's – this is one of those – I don't know how much longer Melo has, you know, left in him, but obviously there are less playoff opportunities ahead than there, than there were. Like, he's, he's had the opportunity to be in the playoffs. He, this, he mentioned just what it means to him the appreciation that he has to be there. And then you, you pepper in the fact that this is against the Nuggets. This is, he'll be playing in Denver, um, a place where, where things have, have gotten, where it's just a special place to him. I think this second unit will play such a pivotal role in the outcome of, of the series. Yeah, absolutely. And Denver's bench unit is, is really good too. So I mean, they've got some veteran guys who are capable of scoring and they make good decisions. So it's it's going to be tough to keep up as long as the offense keeps humming. I think we're all in agreement. They they can do it. Fourth key to the series. Do not let Michael Porter Jr. arrive to his coming out party. I mean, this guy is awesome. He looks like a budding star. After the All-Star break, he's averaged 22 points a game. 46% three-point shooting. That includes 18 games without Jamal Murray. And those numbers are courtesy of uh, Mike Singer with the Denver Post. Porter, he, he's excited. He spoke about his new responsibilities with the media yesterday. He said, it's where I wanted to be, progressing, taking a jump. I want to take a jump every year. I'm never going to be content. I'm excited to, to see what the team throws at me and how I'm going to overcome those situations. So we've seen Porter is more than capable of making just tough, crazy shots consistently. But I think the Blazers have to make him do that. 
if he does it over the course of a series and the Nuggets win, you basically just have to tip your hat to him and move on. But his scoring has to be difficult. Guys like Covington and Powell have to make him work for everything. And I think the Blazers have to make him work on the defensive end too. Just don't let him rest. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of think Michael Porter Jr. is going to have his coming out party. Um, I, 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 it, I don't know how you stop him. He's incredible. I mean, since Jamal Murray was injured, he's taken on that larger role in Denver's offense. And if you just look at his stats since Murray got injured, they're even better than, you know, his second half stats. There's 23 and a half points per game, shooting 56% from the field and 49% from three on like eight attempts per game. He's a really tough guard for the Blazers. You think about it, he's 6'10". Most likely, you're going to see the 6'3 Norman Powell on him a lot. Powell has a 6'11 wingspan, and that will help. But Michael Porter Jr. is still going to be able to shoot over just about anyone the Blazers throw at him. It'll be interesting to see if Portland puts Covington on Michael Porter Jr. or if they put him on Aaron Gordon, who's less of an offensive threat, and that allows Covington to roam on defense and do what he does best as a team defender. I think that's the best course of action if you can put Norman Powell on Michael Porter Jr. and like Max said just make Michael Porter Jr. make tough shots then I think you want to have Covington in that help defender role where he really thrives and like Max said I agree the Blazers have to make Michael Porter Jr. work on the other end of the court he's actually a pretty good defensive player this season but at times he's going to have to guard Dame or CJ or Powell and they have to make it hard for him on defense by stretching the floor with the three like they do, but also attacking him off the dribble and making him guard them in space. And so I think that – I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to have his coming out party, but I think, like Max said, they just have to make it as difficult as possible for him to do so. Yeah, MPJ, he's, he's a bucket. Uh, he's so good. Uh, I, I wonder how inexperience will play into this. You know, with having this type of role – in a high-pressure situation, will he be ready for it? I think that's the, the only concern I would have for the Nuggets because, yeah, he's going to get his. I mean, he's just that good of an offensive player, and the Blazers' defense is what the Blazers' defense well improved. It still is a Blazers' defense. And so he, he can get hot, and once he gets going, man, it's hard to cool him off. Uh, he, can, he can streak together multiple possessions of just big shot after big shot. So – it's definitely a concern. He's got to be their number two guy. He's got to be able to deliver at that level. So I'll be curious to see how that goes. I think Powell is the right choice to, to try and defend him. And hopefully Powell's, you know, championship pedigree will be enough uh, to, you know, make things difficult for him at least. Because, yeah, like you said, you want Covington being that, that free safety, you know, where, where he just succeeds defensively and and where he shines so that that would I would hope would probably be the Blazers plan of attack with with dealing with him but yeah more than likely there's gonna be a lot of people talking about MPJ and how good he is and and the strides he's made and I mean even though most of us didn't predict the the Murray injury I think in our preseason predictions we all thought that he was capable of, of being this type of player and would make these type of strides and now we're seeing it and he's he's a bucket All right, guys, it's that time of the podcast, the moment of truth. This is where legends are made. And I'm not talking rip it yet, folks. Question number two, (laughs) how do you guys see this series playing out? How many games will it last? Who will win? 
and of course, why? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'm going Blazers in seven. Uh, to me, the Nuggets have the best player in the series. That's clear. But I think Portland has more talent top to bottom. And I know that home court advantage is not in the Blazers' favor, but we've seen them win a road game seven two years ago in Denver in a game where Damian Lillard scored 13 points and shot three of 17 from the field. They won that game. CJ the Shark, he's clearly ready to step up in big moments. You guys have touched on it. Norman Powell has championship experience. Add in a healthy use of Nurkic to the equation. Sprinkle in a little playoff mellow. Blazers in seven. Oh, I like it. I like that optimism. To me, the question is whether we believe what we've seen from the Blazers the past few weeks is real. If this is the default level this team can play at with everyone healthy after everyone has really acclimated to playing together, then this team is very, very dangerous. I think what I need to know more than anything is whether the Blazers' defense we saw over the final 12 games of the season, a borderline top 10 defense, is what we can expect from the team in the playoffs as long as they stay healthy. I think Portland's offense is the best in the NBA. I don't think that's going to change. If they can play top 10 to top 12 defense, I think the Blazers can and will win this series, and who knows what happens beyond that. But before the defense was really good in the final 12 games, it was only okay before that, even with Nurkic back, even with Powell in the starting lineup. Since March 26th, when Nurkic and Powell entered the starting lineup, the Blazers' defense definitely improved. It was a 112.7 defensive rating since that date, which is much better than the 117 defensive rating before that. But it's still ranked 21st in the NBA, and that's not good enough. It's not like the defensive holes on this roster have gone away. Those players are still here, and they still play major minutes, and we all know who they are. And I think Denver may be able to take advantage of that. I think this series is going to be really close. I think it's going to be really exciting, really fun. And I would not be surprised if the Blazers upset the Nuggets. But I think in this scenario, for me, home court advantage is going to matter. And I'm going to pick the Nuggets to win in seven. And I really hate myself for doing it. I'm almost getting emotional just picking against the Blazers. <laughs> but I'm going to. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> seven. <laughs> Who is this guy, Orlando? Dude, I'm shook. <laughs> what the like, hell happened? Is, I'm this shook. Is I don't not know. what I expected. <laughs> not at all, man. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know if I can trust the defense enough to pick them. I, I listen. The, the Blazers have a lot of talent, and then the Nuggets are definitely banged up. But a lot of times, it's about who the best player in the series is, and I do think the Nuggets have the best player among these two teams. And I also think that, like. If Portland's defense isn't as good as it was in the final 12 games, if it's just this, you know, 20th ranked defense, then I think that the Nuggets are going to be able to score enough to keep up and, and beat the Blazers. And, and home court matters, and it matters a lot, especially with that altitude. You know, the Blazers, they did win that game seven, and it was amazing. You go back and watch that game, it's so much fun. But a lot of things had to go right for them to win that game, and they had to make a big comeback to win that game. And I don't know if you can count on that happening twice. So I hate this. I hate that I'm picking against the Blazers. I don't like to pick against the Blazers, but I'm going to pick the Nuggets in seven. 
Man, if it's Nuggets in seven, what an offseason we have. We're going to be pretty busy on the podcast if, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, but, but I feel you. Um, this is a, a tough, tough pick. And normally when I'm picking playoff series, it comes down to the best player. And I make it that simple. Jokic is the best player in this series. It's no disrespect to anyone else. Um, it's just Jokic has been the league's MVP. But in this case, Portland has the best collection of players. I think Portland has more ways to beat you. I, I, I wonder, will Denver's number three be able to carry the load? How reliable will their number two guy be? We saw how good CJ can be in these situations for the Blazers, who, you know, was the hero in game seven a couple years ago. Um, I, I've gone back and forth with, with this prediction as well because I, I just think it's so darn tight. Like, it's so close. This, this series is great uh, from, from that standpoint. I, in the past, have also gone with, like, history, regular season history, and they didn't give me much to work on this year. And I remember a couple of years ago picking OKC and just laughing at myself <laughs> about how, ba- how bad, you know, I thought OKC had it. With that said, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a homer. I'm going to be a homer in this one. I'm going to take the Blazers in seven. Uh, they have to still win, obviously, in Denver. And as we mentioned, you know, they're, they're going to have 40% capacity fans. And as it stands right now, the Moda Center has 10%. So 1,900 fans will, will be allowed. And, yeah, the, the, that, that's had a, played a role in the Blazers, you know, success lately in, in terms of if, if you ask them and they say, yeah, we could feel the difference and it helped us get pumped up. I wonder if that's going to change uh, during this series and we see more fans in the building. Um, it's something obviously we'll be following closely uh, for KGW and, and TV side, but I, home court will, will play a role and the Blazers will have to go into someone's house and win with fans cheering against them. Something they've been really good at this year in, in places that have had fans. And so I think that, this crazy season that's been filled with adversity, we're going to get the best Blazers. We're going to get the Blazers that we've seen over the past few weeks. And I think that's going to be enough to get by the Nuggets in what is going to be a pretty fun series. Blazers in seven, guys. I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, just look no further than the Utah Phoenix back-to-back. You know, last week they didn't win the Phoenix game, but the way they played in those two games on the road with fans, I mean, that's that's encouraging. couple quick points uh, based on what Jared brought up. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic and the slight improvement on the defensive end when he first came back, he was capped on minutes. You know, he was playing 20 minutes a game for a while. Then it, then it rose up to 25 minutes. Uh, the minutes limit is gone now. I mean, this is what he's been preparing for this is what the team has uh, ramped him up for unless he's in foul trouble i expect him to play a lot of minutes uh in the series so that's a good thing 
secondly, uh, Jared, you mentioned the Blazers upsetting the Nuggets. As of right now, as of this recording, the Blazers are the favorite in the series from a betting perspective. It opened at a pick'em, basically, same odds to win the series. Uh, now uh, the Blazers are the favorite, and I think that's because a lot of people started betting on Portland when the odds were even. So it's yeah. interesting. If you look at uh, ESPN does those expert predictions every year for the playoffs before they get started. And I remember two years ago, the first round series against the Thunder, they didn't have a single one of their experts picking the Blazers to win that, that series. And in, in this season of their 16 experts, it's 8-8. Eight, eight. eight picked the Blazers, eight picked the Nuggets. And so that just shows how competitive everyone expects this series to be. And it's, it's going to be awesome. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blazers upset the Nuggets. If the Blazers team we saw over the past 12 games is who the Blazers are, they're going to beat the Nuggets. And I think they'll beat them in five or six. But I just am not ready to believe yet that that is what this team really is. And I hope they are. That will be really fun. But I'm not ready to go there yet. It's funny seeing uh, Blazers Twitter, you know, as these stories are starting to come out with, the the betting odds changing you know because it, the nuggets have been slight favorites through this thing one point two point you know in, in these games and you know slight favorite to win the series and as it's shifting based on the betting that freaks a lot of blazers fans out because they don't want to be the favorites like it's like the the kiss of death is charles barkley saying something great about the blazers and the other <laughs> kiss of death is they are the favorites to win a game or a series yeah, they play best when they feel like the world is against them. Guys, we talked about playoff P, playoff Powell. There's no one better than playoff Max Barr. <laughs> I didn't give myself that nickname. I just want to make that clear. But it is great to be back with another week of Rip It. Guys, last week, our guest player, Marvin Iverson, returned to rip it and got the win. Truly impressive from Marvin. And his reward for winning is another chance to play rip it in the final game of the regular season. He earned it. Let's find out how you guys did with your picks last week. And it was we all revenge, about that. Max. We want revenge. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're gonna I'm not going to be chance. nice this week, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> It was all about that Sunday uh, finale against the Denver Nuggets, appropriately enough. So, first question was, who will finish with the most assists? Nikola Jokic, Facundo Campazzo, or Damian Lillard? And this was a sweep. All three of you went with Dame. And you were right, and it wasn't even close. Lillard with 10 assists, Jokic with 2, Campazzo with 2. So you were all on the board there. Next question was an over-under, 25.5 points for Michael Porter Jr. Jared went under. Orlando, you went over. And Marvin went under, saying Rocco is going to lock him up. It was under. 
nine points for Porter Jr. Didn't play in the second half. That probably had something to do with it. And it was a game that the Nuggets clearly didn't care too much about. Next question. Which Blazer will make the most three-pointers? Robert Covington, Norman Powell, or Carmelo Anthony? Orlando, you said three to the dome. Jared, you said Melo will have a bounce-back game. And Marvin went with Norman Powell. Covington, 0 for 4 from 3 in the game. Powell, 3 for 5. Melo, 2 for 5. Oh, Oh, man. Marvin's 3 for 3, guys. Oh, Marvin. Killing us. Marvin is hot. Marvelous. Chill, man. Chill. (laughs) Maybe it's playoff Marvin. (laughs) Yeah. It's Iverson. Watch out for Iverson. <laughs> Next question was over or under 22.5 points for CJ. It was a sweep. All three of you went over, and he scored 24 for the over. Everybody's got it. Wow. Marvin is four for four. He is the one Marvin away. Marvin Do I have three? Yes, Jared, you've got three. Orlando is sitting on two. So we're hoping for a tie here. So today. Orlando cannot win, but Marvin is one away from the glorious five for five rip it, which has only been achieved one time to my knowledge, maybe <laughs> twice. <laughs> so it brings us to the wild card question. How many Blazers will score in double figures? Jared, you said five. Orlando, you said six. And Marvin said five. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> come on. Orlando can't take it. He can't take it. He's, he's off the screen now. <laughs> His head is out of the screen. Uh, All right. So we had Norm Powell score 19 points. Yusuf Nurkic scored 20. Damian Lillard with 22. CJ with 24. Ennis Cantor with 14. Carmelo Anthony with 10, and Anthony Simons with 10 as well. Seven, seven? Blazers scored a double uh, The seven got it. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody got that one. So close for Marvin to perfection. But, guys, he won again. Man. Congrats to Marvin. So Way I to close the season out. It, it being hard to win Rip It, apparently that's just for us. For Marvin, it's easy. <laughs> He's talking about practice. <laughs> Good job, Marvin. Good stuff. Good our, stuff. Our, our Rip It defense worse than the Blazers during the mid middle of the season, during most of the season. <laughs> yeah, the rip the Rip It net rating hasn't been too great lately. Yeah, but this is playoff Rip It. This is where I, I flip the switch. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Perfect little perfect little segue, Jared. It is time. The regular season is over. And for those of you who have been with us for years, first of all, you're the best. Second of all, you know the Rip It playoffs are a different animal. And they continue for as long as the Blazers remain in the NBA playoffs. So the longer they go, the longer we do Rip It. Let's get to it. No more guests. We thank everyone for their participation, but this is a one-on-one showdown between the best Rip It regular season player and the 
rip it playoff champ from two seasons ago. I thought you were going to say, and the worst regular season rip it player. That'd <laughs> 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 be accurate. No. Uh, that's, that's you channeling our old buddy Nate right there. I'm like the, no, I don't want to compare myself to the Lakers. <laughs> they don't feel like a seven seed. Yeah, I don't feel like a seven seed. All right, guys. We're going to start with game one. Who will score more points, Damian Lillard or Nikola Jokic in game one? I'll go Joker. All right, I'll go Dame. It's one-on-one. We got to mix it up. Yep, yep. Okay. Next question, same game. Who will finish with more rebounds? Nikola Jokic, Yusuf Nurkic, or Ennis Cantor? This is game one. Game one. All right, I'm going to go with Joker. I'll switch it up. I'll go Yusuf. Let's go Nurk. All right, we're going to move to game two. Who will finish with more assists? Nikola Jokic or Damian Lillard? <laughs> oh, man. man. Uh, I'll let you pick first on this one, Orlando. All right. Um, out of the gate, I, I went against, like, the golden rule, so I'll, I'll try and make up for it here, and, and I'll take Dame. <laughs> I'm also going to go with Dame. I really believe in that. got to guard... Jokic one-on-one and keep his assists down. So I'm going to go with Dame. All right. Another game two question, over or under 25 points for Michael Porter Jr.? I will go over. I'll take the under this time. All right. Now the wild card question of the week. How many total points... Will Carmelo Anthony score over the first two games of the series? I'm going to give you a few options here. Total points for Carmelo Anthony. Will it be 10 to 20 points, 21 to 30 points, or more than 30 points over two games? So we got 10 to 20, 21 to 30, or more than 30. What do you guys think? I think I'm going to go. I'm tempted by the more than 30 with Mello wanting to make something happen in Denver, but I think I'm going to go with 21 to 30. 21 to 30 is, is definitely the, the most realistic, just based on his average. That'll get you right in that, that sweet spot. Uh, let's have a little fun here. Let's All right, I love it. Let's take the over. He has, he has one, of, one of those games is a big game for him. He could do but, it in one game. One of those games yeah. is going to be the mellow game. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. The Rip It playoffs are underway. Can't wait to see what happens. It's going to be fun. Man, Rip It playoffs are so much better than regular Rip It. <laughs> Mainly because I stink man. at regular Rip It, but yes, I'm excited.
Flip the switch, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Playoff rip it. It's nothing like it, baby. <laughs> and and speaking of of the playoffs, guys, I've got the the schedule in front of me. Nuggets Blazers game one Saturday, May twenty second, seven thirty Pacific time, ESPN. Game two Monday five twenty four Portland at Denver, seven o'clock Pacific time. That one, a TNT game. Thursday, 527, Denver at Portland, 730 Pacific time tip. That one scheduled for NBA TV. Boo. (laughs) And Saturday, 529, Denver at Portland, 1 o'clock Pacific time. That one also a TNT game. And I believe locally NBC Sports Northwest will have all of them. Um, and that's as far out as they go with times as, you know, games five, six, and seven are if necessary, which we all believe will be the case. So as this schedule goes along, make sure to tap in to the podcast. Best way to do that is by subscribing because we may yeah. have some prizes up our sleeves as we go through this series. So. You can expect to catch us around our normal time, but be on the lookout. The best way to do that is to subscribe. Make sure to let everyone know, subscribe. Now is the time to do it as we head into playoff mode. It's the best time of the year. Guys, this was a a pretty good, pretty hearty podcast. Nicely done. Hopefully we have many more to go on this run but for now guys we we gotta go but we'll be back on the next one really quick before we go we made our series predictions i just want to close the podcast what are your guys's game one predictions game one only who do you have winning game one i got the blazers winning game one Man, you you kind of stole my thunder there, Max. <laughs> I, we got I the same pick, Blazers and seven. Let's I, I think they're going to come out hot. I think if, if you're expecting them to steal one, game one seems like the right time. All right, and I'll stick with my bummer prediction. I'm going to have the Nuggets <laughs> win game one. <laughs> what, what has gotten into you, Jerry? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nate left and rubbed off on me or something. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I thought Max might, might might be the one to pick the Nuggets in, in this series. I went back and forth on this so many times and uh, just had to, had to pick one. <laughs> it's that time, guys. It's time to call it a, a night. Nicely done as we do this thing socially distant on Zoom. It's been fun seeing you guys. Let's run it back next time better than ever. See ya.